Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, Jason Silverman. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you today. I've got to tell you guys, I'm tremendously excited about today's show. As you know, I am always on the hunt for helpful, useful, powerful information to make your business, you know, as well as your life, easier, more profitable, and quite frankly, way more fun. Today is absolutely no exception. We've got a guest that hails from way outside our normal range of expertise, and he's going to share some spectacular goodies with all of us. I've actually got uh, a, a full pad of paper, got a couple pens here just in case. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty much ready to go. So I want you to strap yourself in for some fantastic information that, when implemented, could very well send your business hurtling towards success. All right, boys and girls, now it's the time to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, whatever else you're playing with at the moment. Put it away. I don't want anything distracting you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately usable information, and that's always my guarantee. You know, it's already been quite a crazy day here. Um, my wife and business partner in Power Forward's character development, Dr. Robin Silverman, uh, was one of the featured experts on Good Morning America this morning. Now, it's a role she takes on for many of the top news shows nationwide. And today's, spectac- today's segment, it was, it was spectacular. Um, for those of you who are watching the news, it, it was about a, there was a football team in Texas that absolutely trounced another high school football team. And it was like 91 to nothing. And one of the parents on the the team that got trounced started complaining that it was bullying. You know, that's a word that gets thrown around an awful lot lately. Um, Clearly, it wasn't bullying. And her points were very well taken. And the response online has truly been insane. Um, I'm always impressed to see what, you know, her media spots and some helpful publicity and obviously some creative marketing of that publicity can do. Uh, so far, her email's blown up. Her Twitter is blown up. I don't know when she'll have opportunity to read all the Facebook messages, and I know she had something like three or 400 opt-ins on her website within two hours of uh, the show going live here on the East Coast. So all in all, it's been a great day, and I have a feeling for all of us it's about to get a lot better. So before we officially get this party started, I want to give you a little bit of background about our guest today. Rick Barker is a personal manager, marketing consultant, and public speaker living in Nashville, Tennessee. Rick has had an amazing career in the music industry, managing hit country pop star, get this, Taylor Swift. After 15 years in radio, Rick worked at a record company, Big Machine Records. Realizing traveling the world with musicians wasn't a good fit for his family life, Trust me, been there, done that. I, I, I read that loud and clear. Uh, Rick became an entrepreneur, and he founded the Music Industry Blueprint. So, Rick, welcome to The Real Deal. I am thrilled to have you here. I'm, I'm excited to be here and uh, excited to go check out your wife's website. I was looking at that story this morning. My wife and I were, were talking, and I was, uh, I was a college soccer coach for many years, and she asked me what I thought about this. I said, well, you're kind of in a catch-22, you know, because you teach kids every day in practice. You beat it into them to give 110%. So then when you put them in the game, you're supposed to say, wait, don't give it your all. You know, the kids that ended up getting in the game, I mean, they did everything they could. They stopped the run. You know, they kept the clock running. There were no timeouts. I mean, they subbed everybody in they could. So I, I probably felt the same way your wife did. It definitely was not bullying. And had the roles been reversed, it probably would have been, you know, the other team would have done the same thing. But, but you know, I heard oh, well, you know. <laughs> I heard something interesting on that, that, you know, what the coach had said, he, was, he had he had third-string players in, you know, before the end of the first yes. half. And, you know, quite honestly, that might be the only game time those kids get to play. So All year. Know, all year. All yep. year. How, how is a coach, you could ever say, all right, boys, don't go out there and play your heart out like I've trained you to do. You know, and well, look at your background in martial arts. Do absolutely. you tell one kid to sit there and say, hey, listen, this other kid's giving it his all, but you need to only give half as much? You'll get a kid killed. 
Yeah, you, you, you just throttle back a bit, or, and really in any sport um, or in any art, you would never say, you know, don't play your heart out tonight. You know, let's, let's give these other people a chance to catch up. You know, life doesn't work that way. So, nope, hey, nope, nope. Yep, you're absolutely correct. Let me do this. If you wouldn't mind, you know, before we get started, for those of us who are not part of the music scene, take a minute. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Who, what are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Rick Barker? You know, Rick, who Rick Barker is before 1989 was a selfish son of a gun. Who Rick Barker was after April 4th, 1989, when I asked God to take my life and not let me wake up from a cocaine addiction, has been a completely different person. Uh, I'm, I'm now caring, passionate, uh, loving, giving, you know, I'm driven. Uh, I, I always say that and I start with that because I like people to understand that who you were doesn't define who you can become. And I, I'm, I'm very into teaching. You know, it's one of those things. I wasn't afforded the luxury of a college education because I was high at the time, but I've been a faithful learner. Uh, my parents, I grew up with parents who got divorced a lot, so I was moved around a bit. Uh, never, you know, attended three different high schools in four years. And it was just one of those things where all the circumstances were lined up to where I could use that as, as an excuse for the rest of my life. But what it turned me into was an entrepreneur, which is funny. I always had to find ways to generate income. And I usually did that by finding talented people and promoting them. And at a very young age, I started a mobile DJ company. I saw an opportunity in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. There wasn't another mobile DJ company. I loved music. So I started doing the mobile DJ thing, which ended up leading into, uh, after I got uh, sober over 25 years ago, uh, getting into radio. And that was my dream. I loved radio. I was that kid that would listen to radio. And I could tell you all the DJs on all the stations. And I used to order cassette tapes. Kids, uh, if you don't know what that is, ask your parents of some of my favorite disc jockeys, and I would listen to them over and over trying to emulate them. And when I was given that opportunity, uh, it was Santa Barbara, California. I did my whole radio career there, uh, fell in love with the town, uh, fell in, met my wife there, and decided that I could be a big fish in a small pond. Uh, being able to use my recovery, I was able to go into schools and start working with kids, teaching them it's not what you do, it's what you do after and just kind of showing them that, you know, no matter what cards you're dealt in life, you can reshuffle that deck if you want to. You know, there's nowhere that says this is it and this is all you're capable of doing. And I'm very open and honest about my stories with kids to show them that because it's tough being a kid these days. You know, there's a lot of pressures. There's real bullying, you know, going on, not scores being run up in football games. But all that I ended up coaching girls' high school soccer. I spent a lot of time working with kids not realizing that that was preparing me for an amazing opportunity. Uh, I, was, I built a country radio station in 2001 and fell in love with the format, fell in love with the music, uh, built uh, a touring model uh, called Nashville to You. The concept was I was in California at the time. If you couldn't get to Nashville, we'd bring Nashville to you. Uh, I always tell people, I say, you know, I'm usually not the first guy to think of something, but usually the first to finish it. I've made a fortune plagiarizing lazy people. Uh, I created this tour, got on the radar of some folks in, in Nashville uh, in 2004. One of them approached me to uh, work for a record company that was just starting up called Big Machine Records. And they, uh, they had a young artist by the name of Taylor Swift, and they needed her to understand and learn radio, being that that was my background. They brought her to me, sent her out to California. We spent 30 days together. That changed both of our lives. Uh, I basically shared with her, if you're willing to do what no one else is willing to do, you can get the results that no one else is going to get. And that's the same in any business. But she took it to heart. She wanted to learn. And the next thing you know, uh, a guy with no formal education, but just a bunch of great ideas and a reputation for being able to finish is managing what turns out to be one of the biggest stars in the world. So that's wow. kind of... How I got to her, yeah. So many, so many lessons in, in, in even the last twenty seconds of what you just said. So I, 
hope folks will actually take a second, rewind, and listen to that at least 27 times, because I'm sure I will. Um, That's funny. Wow, wow. Well, tell me this, um, if you would, because I know that there are there are so many things that we actually need to really need to talk about in order to, to, to get this information out. Um, obviously, having a successful career in the music industry is not what everybody experiences and quite hard to come by. Correct. Uh, this has been really exciting from the sounds of it. Um, do me a favor. How did you start the music industry blueprint? I mean, if you wouldn't mind, if it's not totally sure. Confident, um, give us. No, give us no I, I'll give. I, I, I'll lay out the the business model. I had someone come up recently, and uh, I do these live events. And at the end, I always say my my thing is the only reason your question did not get answered is because you didn't ask it. So I always save time at the end, and I go around the room and. Uh, the lady at the end, she said, you know, I'd heard about you in Nashville, and I wanted to come hear what all the fuss was about. And uh, I said, well, how did you hear about me? And she said, well, she said, I don't want to say the name, but me and another businesswoman were trying to figure out your business model. We couldn't understand how you give away so much information and do all these free events and still make a living. So I have no problem sharing my my model or my plan because, honestly, 98% of the people aren't going to do the work. Uh, so I'm safe there. You know, luckily we live in a society of people that want it completely delivered to them, which opens up the doors for artists, which opens up the doors for people like you and your wife and myself. You know, it's a lot of times we, we all get the same 24 hours in a day. So what I, what I found out and what I, what I saw happening was that unfortunately there's been a closure of a lot of record companies here, here in town with CD sales going, there's less labels, there's less CDs being made and sold, so there's less jobs. And there's a lot of great people that are out of work right now, that are, I say that are in survival mode. And the the normal way used to be you come to town, I'll just use Nashville as an example, but it could be Chicago, L.A., Atlanta, Los Angeles. You come to town, you record an expensive record, you get a promotion team, and you send a song out to radio. And on the low end, you're going to spend anywhere from two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars. So what ended up happening was after the success that Taylor had, is all these parents were starting to show up in Nashville with their teenage daughters, and all of a sudden the sharks came out, and they were like, you know what? We'll use the same people that played on Taylor's record. We'll use the same person that did her video. Here's a promotion company for twenty thousand dollars a month. They can take your song to radio. And they were doing all these things. So all of a sudden, you've got 12 and 13 year old little girls that were having, you know, $80,000 records made on them and doing $20,000 photo shoots because that's what Taylor did. But see, what people don't understand is that's what Taylor's label paid for as an investment in Taylor, thinking that they can make this come back. So all of a sudden, these parents didn't realize, and I explained to them, your daughter's look is going to change. Her voice is going to change. And you're now stuck with a bunch of material that you're not able to use. So parents were second mortgaging homes. They were doing, they were closing down their businesses and moving to Nashville. And one day I was sitting down with Scott Morchetta, the president of Big Machine Label Group, and Mike Dungan, uh, who at the time was at Capitol Records. And I'm like, why do these people always come to me after they've spent a quarter of a million dollars? Why don't they come to us beforehand? And that's when I realized wait a minute, there's no place for people to start. This whole town is built for songwriters. There's National Songwriters Association. There's ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, vocal coaches, performance coaches, guitar teachers, instrument teachers. And I'm like, wait a minute, who's teaching these people how to be artists? Who's advising the parents on what they should and should not be spending their money on? So I sat there and I said, holy cow. I'm going to be that guy. So I went out and started learning from some of the best Internet marketers in the world how to put a business together, how to create opportunities for people. I've been blessed with the ability to speak. You know, I had a 15-year radio career, so that's always helped. I've been a motivator. I've been a coach. I learned more being a high school girl soccer coach and used those tools in my management of Taylor Swift than anything I knew in the music business. Because I realized right away the difference between a 13-year-old female and an 18-year-old female is about 20 years. It's not five years. And that's very a difficult time in their lives. So I went out and created this program. So on a fluke, I just went to Twitter 
and I only had, I think, like 800 followers at the time. I'd still stayed in contact with a lot of Taylor fans after I left in 2008, which we'll get to. But I just said, hey, if anybody's got any questions about the music business, I'm doing a free webinar. I went to any meeting and got the little free 30-day trial. I said, I'll be hosting a free webinar. And the first time uh, we did it, I had 20-something people, all parents, with questions about what to do to continue to enhance the development of their kid. Then the, I did the next one, had about 80 people. Now, all of a sudden, independent artists and parents started joining. The third one I did, I cut it off at 200. Had I known now, uh, if, had I known then what I know now, I would have paid the extra money to get all 243 on because I know how hard it is to go recapture somebody who's interested in your product. But that's all I was getting for free, so I learned my own lessons. But that's what the blueprint was. I learned that people just needed to know what to do. They weren't afraid to do it. Not everyone was afraid to do it. Most people still think that their kid's going to get discovered. Uh, and what I share with families is that, you know, we don't discover people. We discover cures for diseases and planets. And there's no shortage of beautiful people right now. So just coming to town because your your daughter can sing or your son can sing or, you know, you've won pageants or whatever the case may be, there's a lot more work that needs to be done before getting here. And that's what we address inside the music industry blueprint. It's been awesome. I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving being a teacher. I really am. Wow. That's fantastic. Well, tell me this, you know, when you were working uh, and managing Taylor Swift, um, obviously you had success getting people's attention, you know, which is, yes. I mean, that's a major struggle for all business owners, right? So absolutely. Absolutely. This is, this is really, you know, why I'm so excited about having the opportunity to share some time with you. Um, what are some of the strategic, um, Maybe maybe not just strategic, but also tactics um, that you use sure. that you feel like business owners and entrepreneurs can implement to get the kind of attention. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I know the I know the question, and I know where where you want to go with this, and that's an easy one. What we did was we went out. Uh, one of the benefits that we had at the time when we launched in 2004 was that she didn't have a song out at radio. And she didn't have a record. And people are like, okay, how is that a benefit? You're trying to launch a music career, and you're saying that you don't have any music. What she had was time. So what she did is there was this little thing called MySpace at the time. And there was no Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. And what she did is every night and every afternoon, she would go on MySpace, and she would start communicating with this group of people. And she started finding out what made them laugh, what made them cry, what they liked about boys, what they didn't like about boys, what they liked about school, what they didn't like about school. She shared with them what she liked about boys, what she didn't like about boys, what made her laugh, what made her cry. So when she, when it was time to go in and create her product, which is the music, she wrote a record for an audience that she had already built. She went out and found what they wanted how to speak to them. She did all of her research, and then she created the product. She also had spent the time building that relationship with them and then engaging. So when her CD became available, it sold 500,000 copies in 13 weeks, which was a new record. That was a surprise to everyone in Nashville except for her team, all of us. We would planned it that way. I tell people, I'll go, you know, what makes a fantastic, successful Great hamburger stand, and 95% of the people will say great hamburgers. And I'm like, no, it's hungry people. What if you put that hamburger stand in a town of vegetarians? You've got great hamburgers but no audience for it. So what I encourage business owners to do, and I speak a lot on this, is go find out and do the research to see if there's a market for your product. Once it's There's four pillars of any business, in my opinion. It's brand, who are you, what are you about, is your message all coherent with your brand? Build, build the audience. Then the part that they miss is the third pillar, which is engage and nurture your audience. And the fourth pillar is sell. Most people go brand sell. A lot of artists, a lot of music people will go in and go, I put my heart and soul and everything into this record, and no one's buying it. Well, did you go figure out if there was an audience for your heart and your soul? Well, no, but I love it. Well, fantastic. You know, there was a survey that I just recently read that freaked me out a little bit. It was uh, it was a 2011 survey on iTunes, and I guess uh, out of all the 
the CDs that were on iTunes, 32 percent or wait, no, it was 51 percent of them. 513,000 titles on iTunes sold less than 10 copies each. Because uh-huh. in our business, people were thinking, "Wow, if I just put it up on iTunes, the whole world's going to find me," and that wasn't necessarily the case. And there was even another number where of those tunes, only one copy was sold. So either their mom or they bought it, you know, or their grandma or somebody. It was a real low number. So that's what's happening with a lot of businesses, I think, is that they're creating these products before they've done their research to make sure that there's a market for the products. Because there's a market for everything. You just need to know where they're hiding. You need to know how to track them down. Now we have all these tools. I tell folks, there's never been a better time to be in the music business because the Internet's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You have the ability to wake up in the morning, write a song, record a song, shoot a video on it, upload it to iTunes, and get it out to your community. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And what I'm teaching artists how to do is to create squeeze pages and build their community of people so that they start controlling the conversation. Because at some point the other day, people freaked out when Facebook went down. Well, if that's the only way that you've been communicating with your audience, and I'm seeing businesses are relying more and more on their social connections with their fan base and less and less on creating quality content to send out to their community through their emails, they're going to run into that same problem after a while. So I'm encouraging business owners, don't forget the power of a conversation. And when you don't be, don't be active, be engaged. You know, it's real easy to just throw a bunch of stuff out there in the world and say, wow, man, I'm just, I'm communicating like crazy with my audience. Well, have they responded back to you and you responded to them? If not, it's just a one-way communication. And in order to be successful in any relationship, whether it be with your wife, with your kids, with your customers, there needs to be two-way communication. And a lot of people are kind of buying away from that with social media and I'm trying to to help fix that and once again teach young people how to talk and use their verbal skills because all they do is text all day. (laughs) True, true, true. You know, you you started before talking about um, finding a need because, you know, nobody wants a a wonderful hot hamburger stand in a town for a vegetarian. So as far as finding a need in the niche or in the market and, you know, obviously then offering them the solution – you know, how how did you do that? Well, what I realized was that in most businesses, and your and your music is your business. Parents, if you have a child that you're going to try to go long term with this, go ahead and get them set up as a business. Meet with your accountant, get them as an LLC, set it up as a business. But in most businesses, you go to, to the town, you go to the chamber of commerce, and the chamber of commerce is going to give you a, a new business kit. Well, there was nothing here. There is no place for people to start in the music business. We're also, unfortunately, in a we're trying to function in a dysfunctional business. You know, right now your rewards are not in direct proportion to the work that you put in, and that's really hard for business people with money to understand because they're used to throwing money at things. You know, if you want to double your production, you buy more equipment, you hire more people, and you can double your production. That doesn't happen in the music business. You know, you work an hour, you get paid. You do a project, you get paid. In the music business, you put it out there and you kind of hope. You know, I say push, pray until something happens. And that's a very dangerous model to be in. But unfortunately, it is the model that we're in. So when there was no place for them to learn how to start, how to set up their websites and set up their socials and do all those things, I said, okay, I'm going to become that guy. And I was blessed to have the credentials because – when you say things like and I and I don't use I don't ever use Taylor in my advertising. I don't ever say learn from the guy who taught Taylor Swift because what they hear is, Oh my gosh, he can make me Taylor Swift. They totally miss the point. So in my advertising I'll use things like pick up a free video series from the guy who helped launch one of the biggest stars in the world. See, I don't take credit for it. Why? Because Taylor did the work. I we all have had people in our lives uh, that we've shown everything they needed to do. But unless they're willing to do it, all we're doing is giving a bunch of great ideas. So I never try to take credit for it. I was part of a great team. I had some weird ideas. You know, my whole philosophy in life is weird wins because 98% of the people aren't willing to be weird, so it eliminates 98% of the competition. And then I just have to outwork the other 2%. 
So I'm always going after things that no one else is willing to do. And that's what Taylor and I did. We said, look, no one's willing to stay after and sign autographs after a show. Let's be that person. Then all of a sudden people are like, wow, Taylor Swift stays after three hours, four hours signing autographs. We would go out and meet people before the shows. Most artists and their managers, well, they're the stars. You can't go out and meet the people. Wrong. These people are your friends. You know, if you started treating your customers the way you treat people that you like, your business would grow incredibly well. I tell people, if my phone rings, I can look at it, and I know if I want to answer that call or not. I know how long that call is probably going to last. I know probably what that person's going to be asking for. They've made it pretty predictable. Same thing with emails. What you want to be as a business is you want to be that email that they can't wait to get. You want to be that phone call that they can't wait to get. And that's what Taylor became. They, she became that friend that they needed to see and hear from over and over and over again. And, you know, last year I think she grossed $54 million, so I think she did all right for herself. Yeah, I, I, you could live off that. Yeah, you might be able to have a career. What I love, this is kind of on the subject but off the subject, is I remember we had just – hit the five million in sales mark and and Taylor uh Taylor stopped going to high school in the tenth grade and she homeschooled the last two years uh because she was just getting picked on. You know, she was getting bullied, she was getting picked on and uh God bless them because they gave her a lot of material for some really cool songs. Uh that helped a lot of other kids getting bullied and picked on. But I had a mom come to me in a in a meet and greet line one time and she's like, So is Taylor going to college? I said, excuse me? She goes, is Taylor going to college? I said, ma'am, I said, what's college for? She goes, well, you know, young people go there and kind of figure out the career they want. I'm like, you know, she (laughs) made $5 million, right? You know, this, I think she's kind of doing all right in the career that she's in. Everybody's just been so programmed and so trained, you know, to think that way. And, And I think college is fantastic. I think college is great. A lot of kids need to learn how to live away from home, need to learn how to start and finish something. But if you're already a starter and a finisher and you've got a track record, you know, start taking college classes now. I don't care if you're in the ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. Go online and learn. Fill that brain. But take marketing classes and take communication classes, in my opinion, if you're going to add bonuses. Because everything in life, Mark Cuban has a fantastic book called The Sport of Business. And Mark says, he says, I would rather hire a high school kid with a GED who knows how to sell than somebody who comes out of college with a sports marketing degree. He said, because if you learn the art of selling, you will never be out of work. And I went, wow. (laughs) I completely agree with that. So I tell young people now, you know, start your own businesses. You have an idea, start a business, you know, and then go to college and keep that business running. You hear about it all the time. That CNN show where they, you know, give awards to people and you look and there's the 13-year-old that, you know, has changed lives all across the world and started her own business and she's still going to school. I'm like, that's where I, that's, that's who I want my daughter emulating. You know, that's who I want my daughter looking up to, you know. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Out there. Uh, one, one of the comments you just made as far as communication and marketing, um, I actually had a, a call with one of my uh, – one of my private coaching, one of my mastermind clients earlier this morning, and we were talking about, you know, what his next steps are for really getting to the next level in his business. And I said, you know, the only difference between the you of today and the you of where you want to be is your ability to communicate. Really is. Yep. You know, it's how do you communicate what you want, what you need, um, how do you do that to your, with your family, with your spouse. Right. With, it's you know yep. with your prospects, you know. So what you're saying, I, I I always love, you know, having the opportunity to share time with somebody who is saying a very similar message um, and actually it's proven successful over and over and over again. So that that's spectacular. I've got a um I I do have one question since I'm always sure a big fan of learning from other people's mistakes. Um, sure. What would you say? that you've seen over the years, because I think they're going to be similar to many of my clients. Um, what are some of the biggest problems in the music business as far as growing and, and, and really building the, I guess, the stardom or the um, the success of an artist? Sure. Uh, and how would you 
if you were coaching a musician, how would you coach them to overcome those problems? Well, what I tell them first and foremost is that the numbers are against you. You know, uh, and I always use this example. I say if there's 10 record labels in Nashville and they have room for 10 artists, that means 100 people in the world are getting a shot at this business. Record labels can only effectively work four at a time because the playlists are so small at radio. So that meant six people that were good enough to make the team aren't in the game. Most of them don't get in the game. So what I try to teach artists right now is you need to go out and build your audience, build your following, start learning how to communicate, start showing the labels that you're a good investment. One of the biggest mistakes that I made after after leaving Taylor, and, and this can be associated in the business side, is that I, I, I started really falling in love with music and not doing my research on the person. So I would hear this music and I go, oh my gosh, it's the best music I ever heard. And I would start investing my own money to help get this music heard. And then the artists would decide they wanted to stop working or they just decided, or I learned that, wow, you know, they're not a really good person, you know, and, and a lot of people find these products or find these people. And it's like, I had to really start spending more time telling folks that, you know, there's a re- there's a reason why there's not a lot of superstars because there's a different level of work and engagement that goes into it and most people aren't willing to do that so i had to stop falling in love with everything that i heard i had to raise my level of love uh and that's why the record companies you know have a have a rule with me because most people know that i consult a few of the bigger labels here in town and do artist development and and get their people ready and i said listen i said what do you want me to bring to you? You know, as I'm doing the music industry blueprint live events across the country, or I've got people on my website that I identify, they said, here are two simple rules. If you like it, keep it. If you love it, we want to hear about it. Because after you had your heart broken, you don't love a whole bunch these days. <laughs> and I said, okay, I completely get it. And I understand. So a lot of times I think, you know, we see something and get excited about it. Really do your research. Dig deep on your research and know that, you know, for me in the music business, I always tell these kids, I said, look, we're not curing cancer. It's okay if it takes us a little time to build your audience. It's okay if it takes us a little time to develop you. Because all that I promise people and anyone that I work with in any business is that you will be prepared and I will have you prepared for the opportunities that present themselves. I can't control what happens once those opportunities get there because there's a lot of things out of our control but I can guarantee you that I will have you prepared for that opportunity or I won't put you there. And people appreciate that. Parents have really enjoyed the fact that I can come along and be honest with their kids and say, you know what, you're just not quite there yet. You know, but this is what we can do to help get you there. I'm very much a solutions-oriented person. Too many people in this world run around talking about the problems. I'm like, well, let's get to the solutions because you know, problems have never cured anything as far as I'm aware. Uh, solutions have, but problems have never fixed anything. So I'm a solutions guy, and I'll get people on the phone and say, okay, here's the situation that we're in. What are the steps we need to take to fix this? And usually I go to people outside of my business because they don't have blinders on. That's why I think utilizing consultants outside of your world are wonderful because they're going to come in and give you a fresh perspective. And if they're good, they're going to ask questions. And those questions are going to answer your problems and solve your problems. So there's a little plug for people to go out and find consultants. <laughs> well, you know, that it's, it's funny you say that. When I, um, obviously, coming from the martial arts world, when I started and working now with many here's of the your other real deal resource of the week. Um, I'm always amazed. I, I always figured, you know, if they know about it in the karate world, they probably know about it in the dance world. Um, right. You know, we're both teaching children, and, um, and I, I couldn't have been more wrong. So I know that when I, when I grew my martial arts academy, I had no idea. I was coming from, from the world of high finance, you know, fidelity investments. I wasn't, right. I wasn't – I didn't know all that much about growing a small business because we didn't have to do that there. Um, and I remember – thinking, gosh, 
who really knows how to get new clients all the time? And it, it occurred to me that real estate agents do that really, really well, or they don't eat. Yep. So I remember that's spending, right. That's right. I, I spent a good week at my friend's realty office and watched them cold call and watched them prospect. And, and it was interesting because I started doing things that nobody else was doing in my industry. Right. And, you know, which is exactly what you just said. I mean, it's coming in with a fresh, fresh view. You know, and I remember my first business coach saying, well, I don't know anything about the martial arts world, but I sure do know business. So, and, you know, obviously all of those, those same arguments, well, that doesn't work in my industry, and I, I can't do that here, and it won't work in Weymouth, Massachusetts, and it's not going to work for blah, 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 blah. Um, it's really helpful having someone who says, I don't care. It works. Try it. Well, you know what works in every business is being nice, is being compassionate. And what I teach, everybody always says, if you had to just narrow it down, what is it that you teach? I say I teach artist to fan engagement. I build friendships. And that's, and I always tell people, I say, look, me, music industry blueprint, Rick, I'm the artist. What's my product? My videos. They better be informative and they better be good if I want you to listen and watch them. Same thing with the music. Better be good. There better be a market for it. Same with any business. Go out and start talking to your consumers. Go out and, you know, uh, Jay Abraham is one of the best marketing guys in the world. Uh, I, I was listening to him and he said, you know, there's three ways to build a business. More customers, more price per transaction, more transactions more often. That's pretty much it. He said what a lot of business owners do, secondly, is they go out and they spend a lot of time trying to find consumers, trying to find customers. And he said what you need to do is you need to find people that benefit from your success and then go figure out how you can serve them. And in my business, I went, okay, wait a minute. Guitar Center, if I'm helping build artists, they're going to sell more strings and microphones and recording equipment and vocal teachers, guitar teachers. We have these things here called ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC, who everyone who's a songwriter or an artist is affiliated with. So I walked in and I said, you know, most of them I knew, I said, hey, by the way, the last year I've been spent uh, putting together this program, teaching people the music business. Uh, let me know if you'd love me to like me to do a free webinar for your folks. And then they're able to then promote and go, hey, Taylor Swift's former manager is doing this free webinar. Once again, it's them talking about Taylor, not me. So and that's when I learned the power of referral. And I went, holy cow, I could sit there and go, hey, look at me. I did this. Yay, me, 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 which is what most people do. Or I can sit there and be the quiet guy over in the corner and letting everybody else go, that's the guy you need to go talk to. That's the guy that will shoot straight with you. That's the guy that can not only tell you what to do, but he'll show you what to do and walk you step by step. Because I found that there were a lot of people that went out and learned the lingo, but didn't actually know how to do the work. So they could, you know, BS their way into certain situations, but when it came time to do the work, the work couldn't be done. Well, I've never been afraid of work. You know, that's one of the things that I, that's one of my, uh, it's been built into me for a long time. So that's where I always said, you know, 98% won't do weird, go out, work the other 2%. And that's the philosophy that I live behind. And, and it's, it's worked out well so far. And those are the things I also look for in partners uh, that I look for in employees is I go and try to find that work ethic and that fight because I can teach almost everything else, but I can't teach those other things. That, that's that's something that you know we talk about. Obviously, you know, running a personal development company, um, you know, we talk about. Gosh, you know, I always used to hire for attitude and hire hire for grit, and then train them all. Right. That. You know, I, yep. I didn't really care. You know, if I'm an instructor, or I'm a teacher, or I'm a coach. It's my job to teach people anyway. So right, I'm pretty darn good at that. Um, the the things you can't teach them are, are what kind of person are they? You know, that's right. That you know, number one runs from work. Um, and you know, one of the one of the sayings that keeps reverberating in my head as we're speaking is one of the things I had on my wall at my my martial arts school was uh, the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary. And 
That's yeah. great. I'm going to steal that. That one's awesome. <laughs> well, you should. Because that one's it, awesome. If you think about it, right, I mean, that's really what it's about. Nobody, nobody, nobody just gets something. You know, I'm a big fan. I, I do a ton of business reading. Um, I, I was a major fan of 4-Hour Workweek, 4-Hour Body, you know, Right, right. One-minute abs, everything got lower and lower. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for the book to come out that says, you know what, you want to be successful? Go work your ass off. Right. That book (laughs) won't sell. You know what? That's why. That book won't sell because it's the truth. And I was was at an event this weekend, and the big theme kept being, you know, when opportunity knocks at the door, when you open it, on the other side of the door is work. And it's what I tell these kids. If it were this easy, everyone would be doing it. If success could be bought, there's no shortage of money in this world. If 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 it meant, you know, because everyone was saying things like, oh, Taylor Swift's dad bought her her record deal and blah, 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 blah. I said, then why hasn't every oil guy out of Texas with a teenage daughter that can sing had the same success that Taylor's had? Because they discount her work. I was just a guest speaker and a keynote at an event, and they named the title of the lunch. It said, what new artists have learned from Taylor Swift. And I get up there, and they do their big introduction for me, and I get up there, and I said, really? Well, I haven't learned anything. Thank you. Good night. And everybody just paused for a second. And I said, listen, I said, Taylor, you, what, the, what new artists saw was they all started showing up in dresses and boots. What they didn't start doing was working their tails off. What they didn't start doing was spending five, six hours a day playing their instrument till their fingers bled. What they didn't do after that was spend the time online talking to their fans and getting to know who they were as people. I said the people that really benefited from Taylor's success were the A-list artists who are already millionaires. What they started doing was treating their fans better. Well, if Taylor can stay after and sign, I guess you can too, Mr. A-list artist, Mrs. A-list artist. I won't say any names. If Taylor can be nice to radio, maybe you can too. So all of a sudden, these smart artists who are superstars in their own right, they were the ones making the changes that they saw Taylor making and starting to reap some of the results. The new artists didn't see it at all. They just thought they needed to be a certain age, dress a certain way, show up at a certain time, and everything else would take care of itself. That's not what happened. It it, it does make sense. I mean, as far as your point about engaging. I mean, obviously, we talk about engagement and engagement statistics on on social media, but in reality, just having the opportunity. I know that um, one of the things I'm pretty disciplined about is once a day, um, I make sure that I call a client out of the blue. I've been doing this for years. Call one client that I haven't talked to or haven't heard from. How's it going? What's going on? Is there anything I can help with to make your life easier today? And Hold on. I'm still in that one too, by the way, Jason. That is awesome. It, it makes a world of difference only because it keeps it real for me. Like I can talk to the sure. Trainer. I mean, I have my group of, of of clients that you know hit me up the minute I turn Facebook on, and they're, hey, how's it going this morning? What are you doing? That's right. great. I, I love those guys and girls. Um, but it's the folks that I don't get a chance to talk to, I mean, I had a. I had a phone call this morning. You know, I, Brian Tracy likes to call it eating your frog, and um, I, don't, I don't really think of it as a distasteful activity, but it's really the unknown. I'm not a big un, unknown guy. I like to know what I'm getting myself into. Right, so, right, okay. You know, but I, I called this client. I hadn't talked to him probably in about, I don't know, eight, nine, ten months, and obviously because my service is a monthly subscription service, um, he's being billed every month. So... You know, I'm never quite sure, like, is he happy? Is he thrilled? Is he unhappy? You know, what kind of results? Right. And it was funny because I called, how's everything going? Oh, great, you know, great to hear from you. Um, What's up? I was like, really, nothing's up. I just wanted to reach out and see how your uh, your business was going, and I was just wondering, is there anything that I can do to make your life easier today? And he was like, you're not trying to upsell me or do anything like that? I'm like, no. (laughs) Where's the $97 be with the bonus. Yeah, I really don't have anything to upsell you right now. Um, wow. You know, if you'd like, um, I'm sure I could develop something for you. But, no, realistically, sure. is there anything? Do you have any questions? Is there anything, you know, what's been your latest success story? 
Um, and that, that's, that's always something as far as engaging with my clients. Everybody loves to talk about what, when something's good. So, sure. you know, we've always said, you know, tell, no, tell that's me super what, smart. That's super smart. I heard, uh, and I'm trying to follow this philosophy too, is to spend as much time, uh, keeping in touch with your current clients as you do in the time you're spending trying to get new clients, that absolutely. kind of philosophy. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to do because a lot of people get caught up in well, they've already paid, they've already bought, so I need to go on and find the next person to buy. And I always tell people it's always easier to get a second kiss than it is a first kiss sometimes, you know. <laughs> so you may want to stay active with that group that you already have. And and I fall victim of that as well because you know we're all we're all products of life. You know, uh, Brenda Burchard, I was at a at an event this past weekend with him and. He called it, you know, browser blackout. You know, you wake up in the morning, you turn on your computer, you click on one little blue link, and the next thing you know, an hour's gone by, two hours has gone by. Well, think about the people you could have talked to within that two hours or the client you could have reached out to to just say hello like you were just talking about. And those are all the things that common sense is not always common practice. So I'm really trying to make a lot of these things common practice, like what you just said about the random calls. I love that. Love that. So I'm going to put that on my, you know, my dot list, who's going to get a call tomorrow every day. Just figure it out the night before, who gets a call, and, and hit them up. Okay. And speak it's, it's to them, not just email them, but speak to them. Nah, you know, I, I used to do that. You know, I'd send them an email, and then, you know, well, barrage with so much electronic stuff. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Right. You know, that works. We used to do these at my uh, my martial arts school. We used to do these, um, we used to call them gratitude calls. And, you know, my job was simply to um, find out what they, you know, what was going on in their world. And if anything, could I show them some gratitude? And people used to absolutely adore it because yeah. it, I, I wasn't asking them for money. I wasn't asking them for anything that was going to cause discomfort in their life. So that's, that's sure. the piece there. So actually, I want to I wanna break in because I know that your schedule is insane as is mine. Um, normally, at this point, we talk about the resource of the week. And now, here's your real deal resource of the week. So... If sure. I can, would you take a second, where can people learn more about you, more about your blueprint, more about the services sure. that you offer? Because they sound really, really valuable. Sure. Basically, go to musicindustryblueprint.com, musicindustryblueprint.com, and there's a, there's a little video. And I offer a free video series. Uh, what I'll teach you is the seven keys for increasing your odds in the business, I'll also share with you how to set up your websites, your social media, uh, talk to you about some of the myths in the business that aren't true, and we'll debunk some of those. I'll take you a little deeper on some of the engagement activities that Taylor and I did. And then uh, on the final day, I'll take you inside the blueprint and let you see what is available. For um, for those of you that are on Twitter, it's at Rick Barker Music. Uh, if you need to email me, if you have any questions, I'm real easy to find, Rick, at Rick barker.com and you know what i what i've learned and what's been great is that you know as i as much talk about the music lately i've just been helping people with life lessons you know there's a lot of things that that we can learn by just sitting down and and talking about business and that's what i love when i go and do my my workshops and my two-day events we end up talking more about just being good people you know because that's what fans ultimately want they want to support good people and if i can relay that message to anyone you know i'll i'll tell you an interesting story my son you know i grew up playing soccer he tried soccer basketball everything well karate has turned out to be his thing he's a purple belt he's nine years old and at the rate he's going he'll be a black belt at 12 years old and he went from being an ab student to an all-a student and recently he his, he's been having a problem with his mind wandering, so he got a C in reading. And I looked at his report card, and I'm like, Logan, I'm like, wow, man, congratulations, all A's. Tell me about this C. And he goes, Dad, it's only a C. I said, okay. I said, so when I take you to karate tonight, and Sensei McCormick asks about that, is that the way you're going to respond to him? And his eyes just got big. He's like, 
no, sir, I'll do better. I said, okay, just checking. You know, it's the power <laughs> that and influence that this man and this program has taught a nine-year-old kid who before was just a little smart aleck. You know, now he looks at it in a completely different way. And I don't mean to dangle his sensei over his head, but I'm like, great. So I want to see how Sensei McCormick responds to that when you look at him and go, Sensei, it's only a C. Yeah. And you coming from that world know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's the kind of difference that I want to bring to people. I don't let people – I always tell folks, I'm like sushi. I'm an acquired taste. I'm not for everyone because – if you want to come to me and learn how to work, I can show you and I can teach you. If you want to come tell me how great you are, leave that up to your choir director and your mother. You know, they can tell you how great you are. I'm going to show you how to achieve your dreams. And I also tell people, be careful what you tell me you want. So I'm going to build a plan to get you there, and then I'm going to hold you accountable. So I, I turn as many people away from the blueprint as I let in just because it's not the right thing for them. But I always have programs available for them in some way, shape, or form. So well, but I just appreciate that's, that's, the opportunity that's integrity to talk based. business. You know. that, that's that is, really and that's based. that's, and I have that's the only thing I have at the end of the night. I said to somebody one time, uh, they go, "What's what's your goal? What is it that you want to accomplish?" I said, "Well, here's the thing: if people come to Nashville and they say there's five people you want to know, I want to be one of those people, and I want it to be because of my integrity." I said at night. As long as I can go to bed every night knowing that I don't owe anyone an apology for wronging them to better me, I've had a fantastic day. Because not every day we're going to make everyone happy. We just can't do that, especially in my business. But as long as I'm not wronging you to better me, I'm living the life that I want to be remembered for. And that's my legacy. That's Everyone needs to look towards what what's your legacy going to be. Hopefully that's going to be mine. Honest, fair, hardworking held people accountable, and one of the ones I'm working on right now is present. I want him to realize, you know what, when I had his attention, I had his attention. And I'm working on being that for my kids, for my wife. You know, a lot of times we get so, we're we're high performers, so we're constantly solving other people's problems. We forget when we get home there's a group of people that can't wait to see us, and we end up shutting them out. You know, and I'm trying and I'm working really hard on being more present, treating my wife and my kids and giving them the same respect that I give my clients that pay me. I love and that. that's, that's my challenge in life right now is to be that man, husband, father, teacher, and, and be consistent in that capacity. Cause we all have things to work on and that's the one I'm really working on right now. Well, that is fantastic. And, and as I like to say, I mean, you're clearly, clearly the real deal. And that's why we love having phenomenal experts like you. Rick, thank you so much for joining us today. These are great tips. I mean, beyond great tips. This is something I've got a bunch of pages of notes here that i got to go through, and I can't wait to listen to this again. So um, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. My pleasure. Anytime. Anytime. And I'm getting ready to go look up your wife right now. And I say that with all due respect. (laughs) I appreciate that. Well, folks, that's all the time we've got today. Thanks for tuning into The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more information about private coaching or to see if you'd benefit from one of my mastermind groups, please visit www.jasonmsilverman.com. If you are in the after-school activity world and you want to check out Powerful Words, check out PowerfulWords.com. All right, you can always email me directly at jason at jasonmsilverman.com as well. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. And until next time, I'm going to leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. It's your responsibility to create the success that you've been dreaming of. You've got the knowledge. You've got the motivation. Now get out there and crush it. This has been Jason Silverman. I hope you have a spectacular week. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.